The Sensemaker. Hi, I'm Claudia and this is Sensemaker from tortoisemedia.com. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, how India, the world's largest producer of vaccines, is facing a devastating and deadly coronavirus crisis. India is in the grip of a catastrophic wave of COVID infections and deaths. On Sunday alone, 350,000 people were infected and nearly 3,000 people died. It's hard to wrap your head around numbers like that, but Wembley Stadium holds 90,000 people, so nearly four Wembley stadiums are getting infected per day. And it looks like this wave hasn't even crested yet. But this disaster hasn't come out of nowhere. It's been obvious for a while that India's case numbers were steadily rising. And yet, despite the signs, the government was totally unprepared. And now it's short of everything it needs to combat this virus. Oxygen, ventilators, drugs, vaccines. It doesn't have enough of any of them. Add to that a deadly new variant. So how did India's Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, let things get so bad? What went wrong? The footage coming out of India is really hard to watch. I'm looking at a video from a hospital in Delhi now. I can see families crowding in what looks like an ambulance bay or maybe a car park. Their sick loved ones are laid out on gurneys, barely moving. The families call out to paramedics, doctors, nurses, anyone to help them. You can hear the desperation in their voices because they know there probably isn't much that the hospital can do. They're overflowing with patients already. There is no room for more, and it's devastating. To really get to grips with what's happening in India now and why, it's worth me telling you more about the kind of leader Narendra Modi is. He's been Prime Minister of India since 2014, when he swept to power in a landslide victory. He's greeted by crowds pretty much everywhere he goes, because he's a master at courting mass appeal. He plays up his humble origins. He's the son of a tea seller from Gujarat. And for a long time, he's cultivated this underdog, man-of-the-people persona. Someone that defies the status quo even though he's held India's most powerful office for seven years. Basically, he's a populist through and through. And he's a hardline Hindu nationalist too. His party, the BJP, supports an extreme, exclusive form of nationalism. But it's one that's won the BJP millions and millions of votes. Modi won an outright majority, the first politician to do so since 1984. It is Narendra Modi's hour of triumph. Elected for a second term as India's Prime Minister. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi's BJP has declared victory in the country's election. So there are a few things that Narendra Modi promotes heavily. Firstly, himself. Secondly, national pride. And thirdly, religious devotion. And all three have played a role in India's deadly second wave.
Back in January, Narendra Modi and his government had basically declared victory against COVID-19. Here he is speaking at Davos that month. In this country, the country is 18% of the he sang in his praises, saying that his government had defied all expectations by successfully beating back the virus. India had saved the world from a major tragedy, he said. Declaring victory over the virus was an opportunity for Narendra Modi to say to his citizens, look how well I've done. And it was a point of national pride too. It was a good look for India to be one of the first countries able to say, we've beaten this. But in reality, declaring victory was the Prime Minister's first major mistake. It gave people misplaced confidence that they could return to normal and paved the way for a series of massive superspreader events. One was a major Hindu religious festival called Kumela. Earlier this month, hundreds of thousands of people gathered in the city of Hadiwar to bathe in the river Ganges. And by the time Narendra Modi declared, that the celebrations should be kept symbolic, it was too late. Worshippers who travelled from far and wide were already on their way home, taking the virus with them. And then there's West Bengal, where the BJP is campaigning hard to win seats in the state government. The party recently held a series of huge political rallies in a bid to win support, with thousands and thousands of people packed together. But India just wasn't ready to unlock like this. Cases were already climbing back in March. And the country was tragically unprepared for a second wave. Even though the country is producing two vaccines, only 10% of Indians have received one dose. And let's be clear, this is everyone's problem. Last month, India began cutting back on vaccine exports, which could lead to a global shortage. Other governments and vaccine makers are getting involved. The US is sending assistance to India, including the raw materials needed for vaccines. But for hundreds of thousands of Indian citizens, this is all simply too late. For months, India's government has failed to get contracts in place for more supplies of oxygen and ventilators. Instead of stockpiling antiviral drugs, the government told drug makers to stop making them when cases were low in January. It's clear now that after proudly declaring victory earlier in the year, Narendra Modi had no plan B, no contingency plan in case things went wrong. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker. It's made by me and my colleagues Nimo, Imi, Zav and Ella here at Tortoise. This week we've got something really exciting happening at Tortoise. On Thursday the 29th of April, we're holding a climate summit, a whole day of sessions all about how we can speed up the race to net zero. We'll hear from experts, tortoise members, and we hope from you. To be a part of it, take a free 30-day membership. Just go to tortoisemedia.com forward slash join us. Today's story was written and produced by Ella Hill. The Sensemaker.